Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Jason Karras. I'm an assistant basketball coach at Stonehill College, and this is The Breakdown. I'm joined here by my co-host, longtime college basketball coach, and the president of basketball at NIL Exposure Sports, Scott Spinelli. Scott, how are we doing today? Hey, Jason. Excellent. Glad to be on the show with you this year. Last year, a lot of people didn't realize you know, how much work you did behind the scenes last year uh, with Jamie Shaw and myself on the show. You were instrumental uh, in helping us with all the success that I think um, we had. And, and you know, we missed, obviously, Jamie Shaw. He's on to some, some other things. But uh, really glad to be working with you this year. Again, you know, uh, I've been around quite a bit in terms of uh, the game of basketball over the last several years. We had a chance to work at every level um, and really enjoy doing these shows. And this year, um, really excited about you and I kind of kicking this thing off together. So uh, glad to be here with you, Jason. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's dive in. This year, uh, you're working full time with NIL Exposure Sports. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since last year. Well, you know, uh, this opportunity came about here uh, the latter part of the summer and, you know, really has kind of been something that's been very fulfilling uh, to myself and my family. Uh, having the opportunity to coach a lot of very, very good players around not only the United States, but abroad, uh, getting a chance to run and conduct and direct these basketball combines, recruiting clinics of, of such, um, getting a chance to kind of get re reacquainted with a lot of the very best players that are out in the U.S. and overseas has been really fun, um, you know, having a chance to see some other places in the world that I've probably never imagined I would be. And then coaching basketball, uh, you know, again, it's it's been a real eye-opening experience. Uh, right now, we have a ton of other basketball combine clinics set up around the world and uh, just returned from Athens, Greece, where um, you know, have a tremendous amount of talent of all ages in high school. Um, obviously, we've had a, several of them in the United States where we've attracted some of the very best players, uh, you know, through from ninth grade all the way through their postgraduate year. Uh, but this has been very, very exciting, Jason, and, uh, you know, just thrilled to be doing this right now. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Sounds like a really cool opportunity. Um, so, yeah, me being kind of a young coach, kind of early in my career, um, assistant coach for a, a team that just transitioned into Division One, and you being kind of a coaching veteran that's been all around from mid-major to high-major to professional um, to now what you're doing with with NIL Exposure Sports. Um, what are some of the things that, that connected from your career as a coach that now uh, you're able to use um, in your position with NIL Exposure? Well, I think, you know, you said it, uh, you know, coach, I've seen you on the road and, and you've got a tremendous future in this profession. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you try to do in this coaching uh, fraternity is develop really good relationships. Um, you know, the other side of this is getting a taste of really recruiting and evaluating players um, by going on the road and seeing so many different kids. Um, and I think over the years, the one thing for me that stands out um, is the mistakes that were made as a younger coach where I was kind of evaluating players, Jason, based on statistics. Um, and it was something that kind of 
uh, I thought was the way uh, of trying to say, okay, that kid averages such and such points per game, et cetera. He must be the best player. And I couldn't have been more wrong. And I think that's one of the things that I was able to kind of learn uh, throughout the years that, hey, every player is used differently within the system that their coach wants them to, to assume that role for him or her. And you have to kind of see past some of the statistics and see how that young man or how that young woman is used uh, within the system of the coach is trying to implement. So, um, look, I think for somebody like yourself, and, and I've seen you in action on the court, we've worked together now for oh, about a year and a half in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, I've seen you on the road and the, the work that you put in, you're a tremendous worker, uh, you're relentless. Um, and I think, again, you're just like myself, when I was your age, you remind me of myself in terms of that younger coach who's not afraid to go on the road and, and really look at those uh, players wherever they may be and try to attract them to an up-and-coming program like Stonehill right now. What you guys have done there this year uh, is truly remarkable, moving from Division two to Division one, uh, being at the top of your league. I mean, it's just a, it's a great story. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a fun year. Um, so yeah, with, with NIL, it sounds like you're doing a lot of evaluation, which has been kind of your calling card throughout your career. Um, obviously with recruiting Chris Middleton, uh, among many other NBA players. Uh, but I know that in your heart, you're a coach and I'm sure you miss, you know, like we were getting into those clinics last year, getting on the court, coaching that way. Um, and then on the phone all the time this year, we've just been talking X's and O's because I know you you know, that, that part of the game is, is something that was a huge passion for you and still is obviously to today. Um, so we wanted to give, uh, like our audience a little bit of, of value and some insight from a veteran coach like yourself talking a little bit about motion offense and maybe in further episodes down the line, we'll talk about, um, all sorts of different X's and O's topics, but getting into motion offense, what's, What's a uh, program that comes to mind historically or today that has been uh, a top-tier motion program? Well, it's funny you ask that question, Jason. Just like yourself, when I first started and my first opportunity on the road recruiting, uh, I worked for a coach, Joby Wright, uh, at the University of Wyoming. And Coach Wright, Joby Wright, played for, for Coach Bobby Knight in Indiana and worked for him for many years. And so when I think motion... I think where Coach Bobby Knight pretty much established motion offense, um, you know, in the game of college or in the game of basketball, period. And, you know, what I think really kind of happened over the years when you watched and I was firsthand getting a chance to learn motion offense, um, you know, look, back then there wasn't a shot clock, right? So when you're running motion offense and you've got screening actions on both sides of the floors with multiple guys cutting at the same time, and then the ball is changing sides of the floor with no limit in terms of how long you could hold the ball, at some point the defense is probably going to break down, right? That one guy or two guys is going to break down. Um, and the vision that Coach Bobby Knight had, and for me to get a chance to kind of learn that, while working for Coach Wright, really, you know, opened my eyes to what and how valuable spacing and cutting and moving uh, without the ball. It's kind of a lost art today when we watch AAU games. I know you're on the road. Um, you know, I'm seeing basketball in so many different venues right now, uh, coaching so many different kids around the world that 
the one thing that really is kind of, I think it's constant amongst the kids is, you know, they can play with the ball, right? But without the ball, it's something that, again, I think has kind of, um, you know, been lost in the game. Um, and to your point with motion offense, I mean, it, it's five guys working together uh, where there's a lot of movement with and without the basketball. But uh, I think Coach Knight was way ahead of his time. I think once the shot clock, shot clock kind of, you know, evolved and, you know, came back into play. And now you're limiting possessions with the shot clock, can't hold the ball as long. Um, I think motion in some ways is phased out. But uh, to your point, there is, you know, there are some teams right now running motion offense in college, and they're very successful at doing so. Uh, you know, I think one that stands out, I think we can talk about Bellarmine um, as a program that, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, what coach has done down there, um, you know, is just amazing um, in terms of being able to take a program like yours from Division Two to Division One, um, establish an identity of, of his motion offense and, you know, really play to that style and be that successful and teach his guys to play with and without the basketball. But I guess my question would come right back to you. I mean, there's a, pro there's a program that's very similar to yours in the transition um, and you guys are kind of that program, right? That runs a little bit of a variation of motion uh, with some sets. So I guess the question now would become, you know, um, tell me a little bit about how you guys implement motion uh, within your system, knowing that there's a shot clock. Yeah, that's a good question. I think you do have to evolve with the times. And I was lucky enough to spend some time um, at the school, my alma mater and a school that I got my start with coaching um, over at Valparaiso University. One of the assistants there was a was a manager for Bobby Knight. Um, his name's Matt Bowen. And the years I was there, he did a really good job of helping head coach Matt Lodick um, implement the motion offense. I think what's interesting about Stonehill is that we play a little faster. So instead of holding the ball and reading that three-man action, we're trying to get the ball on the court, pass, move. Um, so we're incorporating a little bit of dribble drive. Similarly, Bellarmine um, isn't totally segmented. They're kind of just in a constant five-man motion at all times. So I'd like to go over here and, and share my screen and maybe watch a clip of Bellarmine because I think they do a really phenomenal job um, of running kind of a, a modern-day um, hybrid motion. And here in this clip, you'll see Bellarmine playing against Kentucky. Kentucky is in the SEC. They're a blue blood program. In a lot of ways, Bellarmine is completely outmatched. You see they've extended their lead here to 16 at the end of the game. But Bellarmine, no matter what the situation, is going to do what they do. And they do a phenomenal job of running a motion offense. Kind of like I described before, it'll always start with a man underneath the rim that will initiate the action. All right. And they're different entries that you might get into going into motion right here they start with a dribble handoff and if you pause right here you see the ball is reversed so the ball is on the right side of the court on the left side of the court what we see is the bottom guy initiating this action and one thing that great motion coaches will emphasize is contact screens so this is almost comical here probably an offensive foul but it illustrates the point of the importance of a contact screen he hits two guys completely blindsided. Um, the back screen is so important and so valuable in that way that 
guys are taught to see, you know, where is the man? Where is my man? Where is the ball? And the back screen comes and hits him out of nowhere. All right, freeing men up. Now the ball gets reversed. So again, now on the left side, you have your two-man side. On your right side, you again see this triangle formation. So the guy who got the back screen to cut is now initiating action on the opposite side. And he'll set another back screen, flash to the ball. And again, you see the value of the quick reversal. If the ball stays sided for a long period of time, the defense has the ability to load up towards the basket line, towards the center line. With Bellarmine, their ball reversals happen so quickly that there never is any backside defense. The ball gets swung again, and again, you see the ball on the right side, and then on the left side, you'll see some sort of triangle action. Nothing there. They try to look for the post up. Kentucky does a good job defending it one more time. And now that the clock is down to 10 seconds, a lot of teams in this situation would panic, maybe spread the floor, ISO situation, try to break down their man. What's really admirable about what Bellarmine does is no matter what the situation, they stay true to their principles. So here, number one will catch it on the run. Kentucky does a great job staying in their gap like he's supposed to and fanning back out to his man. But Bellarmine is moving the ball back and forth so quick that as the gap man is fanning back out to where he's supposed to be, Bellarmine turns right around, gives a little dribble pitch back with a little bit of contact, savvy veteran play, and that gap is removed in a wide-open layup. So there was an example of Bellarmine being really successful running in motion. Now let's take it back in time to the old school, something you're very familiar with, and watch a little Bob Knight motion. What do you got for us, Coach Manelli? Well, you know, Jason, when I first started college coaching, I worked for Joe B. Wright uh, at the University of Wyoming and really was introduced to Coach Knight's motion philosophy uh, at that point. Uh, Coach Knight, um, you know, Coach uh, Joe B. Wright played for Coach Knight at Indiana, worked for him for several years. And when I got to the University of Wyoming, uh, it was something that was really uh, new to me, especially coming from a program that ran mostly sets while I played in college, right? So the motion offense is something that over the years has obviously evolved uh, in the ever-changing game. I think Coach Knight's vision of motion offense and what he was able to accomplish during his time as a coach really taught a lot of coaches, including myself, so much about spacing, cutting, moving, and playing without the basketball, as well as how important screening is uh, on both sides of the floor and in terms of positioning the ball how, how vital that is too in the success of an offense so I'd like to get in here and talk a little bit if we could I know you made a great uh, some great points with Bellarmine's motion offense and how they run it I know you guys do some of that uh, at, at your place at Stonehill and I think this one might be a really interesting um, you know idea or at least in terms of presenting some of this stuff to our viewers yeah yeah let's dive into some film all right, so this was way back, uh, you know, and you can see this is a game, the 1992 uh, NCA semifinal game, and this is Coach Knight's motion offense here. And you can see the ball in the center of the floor um, was a big part of what he was trying to do, at least Coach Knight was, and it really makes motion difficult to guard, right? So when you have screening action on both sides of the floor here, 
And you basically have the defense now really kind of reacting to so many moves and cuts. Um, and with the ball positioned, you know, a lot of times in the middle, it makes it look like, or makes at least the defense think they're all one pass away in terms of their positioning uh, because of the ball being centered. In this clip here, you're going to see the Indiana offensive man come off this down screen. And one of the things that makes motion, at least when Coach Knight uh, implemented it, is how it was a lot of read and reaction. So in that particular clip right there, you saw the Indiana offensive man come off the down screen. His man actually came through it defensively, uh, what we call one man removed or knife through it. And because of that, he was wide open, probably could have even shot that. Here it turns into a little bit of a random ball screen. Um, and then you'll see a, a lot more of, of the motion offense here where guys are moving and passing and cutting without the ball. So as you keep rolling it here, if you stop it right there, here comes a lot of random screens. And so again, as you can see here, um, you know, Indiana here really, again, a little bit of random screens there. You see right there, again, the Duke defender tries to come through the middle. Uh, Cal Bertrani catches it off this little down screen, reads his defender, kind of bumps back. And then again, one thing about Indiana and motion offense, they're so well drilled that one of the things that you'll see here is a quick up fake where they were great at up faking and then creating space in terms of getting into their one or two rhythm pull-up jump shots. Um, vintage motion offense as it relates to everybody working together, trying to get the best shot for the team. Uh, and again, you know, a very um, selfless way of playing where it's not just about you having the ball, you're working together as a team. So here, okay, so what happens here, okay, you can stop it right there. Uh, it's initiated with two guys, two bigs, in this case, kind of down screening. And what happens here is the Indiana offensive players, specifically, uh, I think Calbert Cheney here, sees his man, you know, almost cheating, sitting on top of the screen there. And so instead of popping to the wing, again, the defense was giving him that route so he just took a route right up the middle, an unconventional read and reaction as it relates to how his defender was playing him. Now you watch the ball when it gets to the center of the floor right here. Again, there's multiple guys, again, moving, screening. So he drives it, nothing. And now he kicks it back out again. Again, the defense there had to close. Now he centers the ball. And you have, a, on this side, you have almost a, uh, a stagger there. Now hold up here. When you watch the bottom guy here, his man is on top of number 24. So instead of using that stagger, he rejects it. And now he's got an advantage because his man is getting screened. He was playing on the top of it. Uh, you see uh, Christian Leighton there bumping him, trying to, you know, impede his progress or slow him down. And then what happens is you let the clip roll because of that, he catches the ball wide open. You see Leitner has to switch there and really help. He catches it so deep, and then he just kicks it out for an easy basket. Again, letting the offense dictate uh, what opportunities would come, and that was a great illustration right there of how the defense played it and Indiana just reacting. I mean, it's just things like that that really made motion offense 
what it is, what it, what it was, what it is today. Obviously, Coach, I, you know this. The shot clock doesn't allow you to hold the ball that long where you can change sides of the flow with the ball and make the defense break down. But again, if taught effectively, uh, you know, I know Coach Beard ran uh, some variations of it at Texas Tech and at Texas, uh, obviously, Bellamine. You guys are having success with that Stonehill. Um, it, it is the most difficult offense to me when taught and broken down uh, to God that there there has ever been. And again, the greatest great vision to watch Coach Knight uh, really kind of made a staple of why Indiana basketball, why he was such a Hall of Fame coach. No doubt. No doubt. And I think in a lot of ways you want to have a team, if you want to run the motion offense, I think in today's game, you have to build and recruit around it a little bit too, because you could teach those principles, but guys are so far along with their habits when you get them in college that I think if you want to build a motion team, they need to have some semblance of, or you're looking when you're recruiting in that, in that recruiting process, do they have feel of, how to come off a screen, how to set a screen, how to play without the ball a little bit. Um, and that is rare uh, to find in high school players today. The last thing I'll say about that, Coach, I, I think, you know, no matter when you played the game of basketball, whether you played, you know, when it first, you know, back in the, you know, the 50s, 60s, whatever, and now we're into, you know, obviously the, the 2023 here fundamentals will always take precedence, right? If you're going to become a complete or an excellent offensive player, you know, your fundamentals are something that if you have them and they're strong and your foundation is there, you know, you could become as good an offensive player uh, as it relates to your team, to your point. Uh, it's so important to recruit and build a team based on guys being stars in their roles. And look, you know, setting screens. I mean, I, you know, think back to Greg Kite, who played for the Celtics years ago, probably wasn't a great offensive player, but he made a living because of his size at setting screens, both on and off the ball. So to all the young viewers, it's not just about those players who are scoring 20 points a game. Everybody has a role in the con in the contributions to the success of the team. And again, sometimes those roles might not mean statistics, but they help your team win. And to your point, that's that's recruiting. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I don't think anybody would know that better than you. And we appreciate you taking us through these uh, these motion clips uh, for for young players looking to get recruited, looking to get better. Um, I think that's extremely valuable. And for young coaches like myself, it's really helpful for you to walk through those details and and make some really valuable points. So I appreciate you taking us through today. Likewise, coach, you made a lot of great points and uh, I think all of us can get better here, whether we're, you know, you and I are watching, you know, uh, clips on, you know, things that you're doing, Bellamine, Indiana, um, and always keeping an open mind to get better as a coach. It's a, it's a great way to continue to improve your craft too. So thanks again for having, you know, the show here and I look forward to continuing on with you as the season goes. Yes, sir. I'll see you next time. See you, Jay. Take all care, right. bud.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.